Voice Talks presented by Google Assistant is happening each month. You'll hear from industry experts, voice-first influencers, and platform creators each month for a deep dive into our rapidly evolving voice industry. Plus, get your questions answered and a chance to win prizes. Hosted by Sophia Altuna, one of Google Assistant's top industry experts and a leader on the Global Product Partnerships team, we encourage you to register for this free event and join us at voicesummit.ai slash talks. That's voicesummit.ai slash talks. We can't wait to see you there. Derek Johnson is the CEO of Encounter AI, a voice technology for the restaurant industry. He talks about his journey into voice and why he chose to focus on the restaurant industry, why he chose to have his startup be venture-backed, why he feels it's important to niche in the voice industry, what his customers are saying about his AI, and why he's part of slash dev slash color as well. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your host, Carrie Roberts. And today, my guest is Derek Johnson, the founder of Encounter AI. Welcome, Derek. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Now, you've been working in the tech space for a while now. Where did your interest in voice technology come in? Yeah, so I've always been a technologist, being that I was exposed to computers really early, you know, and so I had inspiration from uncles who had computers and various electronics. And then, you know, back in the day, we had this service called America Online, right? And so, like, every time you logged onto the platform, you were greeted with this proverbial, you have mail, right? And so that forced me to understand that voice was possible with computers. However, from a technical standpoint, it wasn't conversational AI at the time, but it did foreshadow what could be, right? And so, you know, today we've reached a tipping point where it's actually possible to deliver those voice interfaces. And so I wanted to explore a lot of ideas that I've had over time, and now was the time. So, And your company, Encounter AI, is voice technology for the restaurant industry. And I want to first start off by saying congratulations to you on choosing a niche and really trying to dominate in that area. Can you tell us about the idea for Encounter AI and how it came about and what it does? Yeah, definitely. So from a career perspective, I had stints at companies like Disney, um, spent some time at Accenture and their innovation labs. Plus, I had some experience as an owner investor for the restaurant brand Freshly, right, and numerous other kind of regional restaurants. And so I saw firsthand the needs of the industry from a scalability and operational perspective. And I wanted to blend my data science and artificial intelligence background kind of with my love and passion for the restaurant industry, right? You know, and then second, it's a personal journey. You know, unfortunately, I lost both of my parents at an early age to chronic disease, right? And so I decided the best way to kind of transform health was to start at the source. And one of the facts most people don't know is, you know, anywhere between 35 to 40% of the U.S. population consumes drive-through food daily, right? And so that was our beachhead market. How do we transform health, you know, kind of at one of the highest impact points? You know, and from there, we developed a solution that enables contactless ordering across, you know, restaurant drive-throughs, in-store kiosks so you don't have to touch the screen, as well as tabletop solutions that you see at, you know, larger sit-down brands like Chili's, et cetera, right? So, you know, at the core, our platform collaboratively helps ordering associates, meaning that they could augment and helping them greet the customer, take their order, and even accept payment, right? Plus, we have kind of what we call, you know, the consumer magic, where if you are a repeat customer, you know, we can do various things around offering you up 
different preferences, you know, whether that's, you know, seasonality, potentially you have allergies that you always want to take into consideration, you know, and so the goal is to just give the customer a ubiquitous kind of digitally enhanced customer experience that they're used to, you know, in their homes, on their phones, et cetera, but bring it to real life retail, right? And so that was why I started Encounter AI and, and that's what we're doing today. And your company is a venture-backed startup. Why did you choose to go that route? And what was the process like for you in getting funding? Yeah, so for most businesses, you know, oftentimes they're tied to brick and mortar. They're tied to physical space, right? And so for a SaaS business such as ours, you know, traditionally, that's been the domain of either friends and family, if you come from those type of networks, or venture capital, right? And so for us, we took the venture capital route because we wanted to move fast. And we also wanted to exceed customer expectations, right? And so that meant that one, from a capital perspective, we needed it, right? But then two, having networks of individuals who built, you know, world-class and culture-changing products with the intent that they could help us do that as well, right? And so the process was that we applied for venture capital via a concept called an accelerator, right? And that's where essentially investors provide capital plus wraparound services to prepare kind of startup founders on kind of best practices of being one a startup, one a SaaS company, but then two, complement their teams where appropriate such that they have the scale and velocity necessary to be successful. And I'd love if you could share with us the experience so far from a user perspective and a business perspective in using Encounter AI. If you can share with us any stats or stories, I think that'd be great. Yeah, definitely. So when you look at the restaurant industry, like, you know, you have your large incumbents that are billion dollar corporations, you have your smaller mom and pop diners and cafes, right? And we wanted to ensure we had a solution to work for both. In our early implementation, you know, from a technical perspective, we saw 30% improvement on speed and near human level accuracy across regional accents, dialects, and slang, right? And what that meant is, you know, often examples we say is, you know, at Burger King, for example, you know, the proper name of their sandwich is the Whopper sandwich, right? I don't think anyone in the history of ordering has ever said that, right? And so it's, it's being able to take a technology, apply it to different sectors and have an experience that customers really want, right? But, you know, for one restaurant owner in a college town, this restaurant was right off of the expressway, right? And so what this meant was that for breakfast, you know, there was a peak in demand, right? For lunch, a peak in demand, right? For dinner, peak in demand. But throughout the day, largely, there wasn't enough volume for him to have more than a skeleton crew, right? And so with our technology, you know, we were able to bring in and augment that ordering associate such that one person could now seamlessly handle two restaurant drive-thrus, right? And so that meant that that gave that owner a fighting chance to keep his doors open when he was looking at shutting down. And furthermore, it allowed the customer associate in the store to feel like he or she also had help. And I think that transformed how our technology has been applied and also changed a lot of use cases that we were designing. And, you know, when you were sending me some of the videos and some of the information on your company, you had talked about when you're using this kind of AI for restaurants, not only obviously is it saving time, it's saving money for businesses as far as they don't need to hire as many people to help with this sort of thing. But you also said that more people feel comfortable to talk to an AI to order something than they do a person, which means sometimes they're ordering more than they would so that you're actually having the restaurant see a higher level of revenue coming in. Correct. And oftentimes that's tied to, you know, what I would call a human sentiment. You know, if you want a lot of food and you're talking to a person, sometimes you have that emotional lens, right? Where like you don't want to appear potentially too gluttonous or you don't want to appear that you're ordering more than you should be, right? Whereas, you know, talking to a virtual assistant or a conversational AI assistant, you don't have that. 
we see higher ticket sales, but also, you know, from an upselling perspective, items that potentially you like that you potentially aren't aware of also, right? So for example, for me, I love chocolate shakes, right? What that means is, you know, if I go from brand to brand with our technology, even though the ordering associate doesn't know I love chocolate shakes, potentially our brand and our solution does, right? And so it can offer that up to me agnostic of where I am across multiple brands. And that often leads to higher ticketing volume. So That's amazing. So you're saying you could go, if somebody, if there were multiple restaurants using your AI, let's say you went to a local mom and pop shop, you went to Chili's, you went to Burger King, that if they were all using your AI, they would know that you as the user love chocolate shakes and be able to offer, hey, did you know we have this here if you wanted it? Absolutely. That's amazing. I love that. That is exactly how voice technology and AI should work. So I think that's really great. I talk to a lot of voice companies. And I think one of the things sometimes I see is that a lot of companies go too broad. And they're trying to create voice experiences for anyone and everyone in every sector. And then there are companies like yourself that are focusing on really one area and trying to do it really well. What is the advantage, do you think, to focusing on one area? And do you have any advice for other voice companies out there? Yeah, definitely. So in my opinion, you know, again, I come from a consultative background, right? So most AI initiatives, you know, kind of start as business improvement projects, right? With the intent of, you know, that owner is looking to improve their profitability or potentially their operating efficiency, right? But I think, you know, kind of the problem that you're mentioning with this broad net is that we haven't seen production grade AI implementation on Main Street right? And we don't really know what that means for the average business owner and the repeatable outcomes that they want to deliver, right? And so oftentimes, artificial intelligence startups, you know, inclusive of voice, they're trying to cast that wider net just to help them find product market fit, find somebody that actually wants to use this technology. And, you know, sometimes that works, you know, of course, you know, you have you know, your Googles and Alexas with kind of the top dog platforms in the space that can be applicable across a variety of industries. But in particular for Main Street and, and even some of the incumbents in the space, they actually need targeted solutions, right? Very precise solutions that only solve their problem. When you look at the restaurant industry, you know, what it shows is, for example, you know, have you ever handled outdoor audio, right? So not the clean audio that you potentially would have in the office, but for example, kids in the background of a car, right? Loud sounds in adjacent car, you know, wind, storms, all of those type of things, right? An experience for artificial intelligence has to be designed around the data it's going to experience, right? And so because of that, you actually have to be very precise in what you're building. And it makes sense to choose a a niche, right? Because by choosing a niche, you can focus on one problem, your go-to-market strategy and how you communicate what you're doing that can be a lot more precise. And I think largely individuals that want your technology understand what you can do and can kind of procure that to their advantage, right? And I think, you know, Unfortunately, casting that broad net, it's like everything else, right? If you don't know what somebody's trying to offer you, unfortunately, people aren't going to come to you for those services. So. Yes, I cannot agree more. Now, you are also part of a group called Dev Color. Can you tell us what that is and why being a part of it is so important to you? Yeah, definitely. So Dev Color is a community initiative that was designed to allow Black software engineers to help each other reach ambitious career goals, right? You know, historically, we haven't really been prominent in Silicon Valley at the density that most people would like us to be. And so the purpose of the organization is to help each other do everything from find jobs to learn new technologies, potentially start companies, and just create a a sense of belonging in a lot of the startup meccas, right? Silicon Valley, Atlanta, um, a few other geographies, right? But the ultimate goal and, and why it was important for me is that 
you know, really want to empower black software engineers because we've seen how, you know, the proverbial software is eating the world. We kind of need to be a part of that. Furthermore, in terms of culture, you know, we oftentimes are at the edge of bringing new concepts to a lot of the cultures. And so doing that from a technology side means a lot, right? And so I wanted to play my part as a member, as a mentor, and then just as a contributor to make sure that those outcomes were reached. I love that. I love your energy and and all that you're creating. If people want to connect with you, Derek, they want to learn more about you or what you're doing, where can they do that? Yeah, so definitely. So for business inquiries, you can reach me at Derek at EncounterAI.com. And then, you know, on social, I'm there as well. So on Twitter, you can reach me at Derek, D-E-R-R-I-C-K-L Johnson. And that'll give you my kind of social media profiles, right? And from there, you know, I, I love to talk to the community, love to talk to business owners, voice AI and, you know, kind of AI affectionados across the globe. So. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Derek, for the work you're doing, for the passion you're bringing to this industry. And I look forward to being able to experience your AI, hopefully in multiple restaurants across the globe. Thank you. I appreciate it, Carrie. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at kerry at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at modev.com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you. And we look forward to chatting with you next week.